nice nice cut though you had time to get a new fresh cut i did yeah yeah got a new fresh haircut just barely how how you get home at like 4 a.m and still have time for a haircut how we get home at 9 a.m 9 a.m even worse what do you mean still have time for a haircut that's all day what episode are we on oh yeah i can look in the corner 16 no more forgetting ever again it's up no there. more forgetting thank you to the everybody who has made that possible so that cole knows what episode we're on now that we're back across the country anyway that when we're in person who knows could be any episode that's fair 16 so we got an exciting 16th episode yep i hope i think so if we can keep the monster calm down keep the monster in the cage <laughs> yeah who we got coming on hopefully here in a minute we'll bring on a old Anthony Lugnut Norton. Anthony, a.k.a. Lugnut Norton. The hometown hero, Moto America racer, absolute USBA legend. I don't, I don't know. Title on title on title. Writer of Kawasaki ZX-10R. How do you spell assassins? How do you spell what? A-S-S-A-S-S-I-N-S. Sorry. I hope our editor does good. Editor, <laughs> roll the intro and let's get Anthony on here. Intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in sick. Are we live? Yeah, we're, we're always live, live Ethan. We're live. That's what's up. I love being live. Uh, well, hey, we brought our guest. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, guest? I am guest. <laughs> I'm Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Lugnut, better known as Norton. What's up, guys? That's Go all on. the instruction I need. That's yeah, it. That's all. Much, man. Everyone just knows you by that. Yeah, well, they'll look me up after this with all your guys' followers and everybody listening in, and we'll make sure more of them do, but they'll find out. If they don't know who I am, they should go look at it right now. Instagram, at Lugna underscore 521. Say what's up while you're there. Hell yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yes, well, sir. Yeah, we brought on special special guest, not just guest, special guest, old Lugnut over here uh, to See talk the first about- old joke. <laughs> okay all right Easy. he snuck an old in there didn't he <laughs> we'll see all if you right, catch sorry. all of them throughout the night uh but to talk about club racing i think is the goal yeah, yeah right yeah. um yeah. so this is kind of where i step back because i have zero experience here oh really <laughs> what is what is that thing on the wall back there mr cole behind me no oh, cole. behind a cole over there it's look at that red first kinda... bling what is that? Look at that. First one. First bling. Yeah. I mean, so I know your fuel well. your fuel bill goes up when you go home from the USBA, hauling all the ones you haul out of there. Yeah, yeah it's a little you, more expensive. I've seen you pick up a stack of like 25 or something. <laughs> yeah, not that many, but yeah, I had a few. It was nice. It was a good weekend. So in case everybody listening doesn't know, all three of us were just at Utah Motorsports Campus for the Utah Sport Bike Association Round 2. So we actually just saw each other a couple days ago. I don't know if you guys are rested, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, I, I just know. got off a 
got off a red eye flight, so. Oh, yeah, he got home at nine o'clock this morning. Cheese and rice. <laughs> he so made me drive him to the airport. Oh, nice. Well, you guys only had an hour, what, hour and a half, two hours from the track, right? So it's not too Yeah, far. it's an hour and a half. A good, well, it's probably closer to two, honestly. I'm actually a day yeah. and eight hours away. Yeah. yeah. We're flying. We already established <laughs> this. Cheater. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so. Cheating. I left. <laughs> I left the track and uh, so Sunday we got up at like 8 a.m. and we drove all the way to Denver. But we stopped at the Olympic Center in Park City. That was pretty rad. And then uh, drove all the way to Denver. Um, so this, I don't know when this episode will come out, but we either will have just raced or about two race in Denver. So two weekends in a row of club racing going on for us. Um, but I'm actually in Reno, so I had to fly out here for work. So we drove to Denver, got on a plane this morning, flew to Reno, worked all day. Now, I've been looking forward to this all day because it's a nice, relaxing conversation about something we all love, like motorcycles. So, that's what's up. I mean, that's why we do it. So, that's Absolutely. what's up. That's why well, I couldn't steal you, any tires from you because you needed them. For, for me? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even think about that. I'm actually bummed I didn't think about that because I have like six stacks of takeoffs, like all from the last two weekends that I rode. And my trailer is like bikes, toolbox, tires everywhere like just <laughs> everywhere you know yeah. i took like four brand new sets and all my takeoffs with me because like i i don't know like going to denver what kind of tires are going to have and i like what i like so you know i know we'll probably get into some tire conversations throughout this episode a little bit more we can wait on that but so cole it was your first race weekend huh yes um let's hear about it yeah never... tell us about it tell us about it you ruined me. How are you ever supposed me? to go back from something like that? You, All of you ruined me. There's no going luck. back from that. There's no going back. I promise you. Going back to what? Well, I was happy driving around a track, looking at the birds every once in a while. You know, Sunday cruising. Sunday cruising, talking to friends. But this is serious. <laughs> you gotta get serious. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get serious and have fun. You gotta do both. Well, I stopped drinking yesterday. So I'm doing pretty good. I, I pulled my Easton can vouch for me. I pulled my bicycle out of the very back corner of the shed. Yeah, I moved it to the front corner. I mean, I haven't done nothing with it yet, but I did move <laughs> it to where I could see it at least. So that's something. That's serious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Got that's part of that homework. Yeah. The homework. Yeah. yeah. The homework we talked about. I got homework exactly. and I'm getting on it. Good. I just... I was just having a hard time walking at my age right now. <laughs> so I need to get over that threshold and then we'll be good to go. So real no, quick, since oh, okay. since we got listeners, sorry, but give us a quick rundown, Cole, of the weekend. Just like kind of what you did, where we're at, just so everyone's following along since we're live. Just, just the last weekend since we're live? Yeah, just the last weekend. We don't need to talk about... The circus was so amazing. We'll continue to talk about it for years. Forever. You yeah. know, yeah, it'll never end. Well, which part? I mean, I did, I did my first race, dude. I just wanted like a play-by-play. -play, like play, we got play there. Play. We did the track day Friday, right? We did a track day on Friday with Apex Track Days. Yep. Anthony here gave me some some lofty goals to achieve with a financial burden at the end of it if I didn't achieve them. <laughs> burden punishment. <laughs> financial punishment there you go. That's better. yeah yeah so we went out 
just started pulling personal bests. Did that ever stop though? It, it didn't ever stop. And I kept telling people it was going to stop and it didn't stop. So let, let's put you on the spotlight before this weekend. We were riding Utah West. What was your fastest lap time? Actual. 156. Actual. 156. One, 156 was your PR before this weekend. Yes. What was your fastest consistent? Like, can do that for four laps continuously. Before the weekend. Yeah. Before the weekend, I'd say like 158. Right. 156 right. was like that breakout lap for me, but 158s were the average. So, how'd you do? Finish lap off time. the week. Finished off the week with a new personal record of 144.11. Holy hell, that's some time you shaved, man. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That's awesome. That's 12 seconds. That's huge. That's it's, huge. That's, that's massive. That's insane. Like, oh so, my gosh. I mean, let's go back, though, real quick to your, your Friday track day. Because mm -hmm. you came in from your first round, you're, like, pointing at your lap timer. Like, dude, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. If you had done that time on saturday would you have been anywhere no yeah that's what so, was that's what was crazy is yeah i came in i was i was like you said i was pointing at the lap timer going look at this look at this doing a little dance in the tent and that was and what I like think a, that was what a 157 no 150 or no it was the one it was a low 150 you said yeah yeah well this was at the first of the day it was like you know mid mid 150s and I was pointing at the thing all excited. I went out the next round, came back, and it's like two more seconds down. I'm pointing at the thing again. Go out another round, two more seconds down. I'm pointing at the thing. And we ended the track day with a new PR of 149. Mm -hmm. And I was happy. I was so happy. I guess that, oh, yeah. that kind of holds true, though, because I was going to say, like, kind of always been told you'll drop five seconds once there's a checkered flag involved, right? That's what well, so that's kind of the point I was getting to with that, you know, it's like, I think I told you too, when we talked about it, cause we had a little, a little wager, you know, but I just see it happen <laughs> all the time. Uh, I mean, even my first race weekend, you know, I was doing like, it was a 58 at Chuck Waller or something like that. And I went out there and dropped three seconds, you know, just cause it was qualifying in race time. It's just something that flips in our head. You know, I just, uh, I tell people all the time, hey, track day riders, if they reach out to me and say, like, Hey man, like, how do I get faster? You know, and most people give the response more, Oh, where's my hand? More of that, less of this, right? Like more gas, less brakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, ultimately what it boils down to is like grid up. Like if you want to go faster, there's one solution. You just get yourself on the grid. Cause something in our heads is like, Oh man, I got to go for it. There's a checkered flag. There's a $2 medal at the end of this race. that is <laughs> yeah. all mine. If I just go out there and lay it all on the line. That, one, that was yeah, a exactly. that was a question I had for you though. We were kind of laughing about the medals, right? Because mm -hmm. a medal's a medal. It's awesome. You win a race, but at, at your level, when you get there, how much does it actually like? Does that still hit something for you, or is it just kind of like, yeah, whatever? It's less about the medal, you know. Like I, I have them all, you know. Like, and I'm, I'd be lying if I said they were all on display. I think I have a drawer and a dresser that I don't use. It's packed with medals and plaques and other thing else you know and that's not tooting my horn you know i i race a lot like you know every other weekend if i can but you know it's more about just at this point it's like racing myself like i had somebody ask me like if i show up to a race and i don't really have much competition in the race you know why why would i even do it because every lap is an opportunity to get better you know for me 
and I have, I have some ambitions and goals. And so, you know, every opportunity that I have to go out there and figure something else out or try a setup on the bike or something like that, I go do it. You know, the ones that really start to add up, you know, after that first amateur season, you want to chase an amateur championship or whatever, go for it. But after that, you step up and, and you battle for an expert championship and, and you win it. That one goes on the wall. You know, I've got a number of championship plaques and stuff that some I just received from last CVMA season that are hanging up in the wall in the living room when we watch MotoGP or whatever, hanging out or family comes over. Like I put those on display. It's pretty cool. You know, we, right. we spend a lot of money. We miss days of work, miss seeing my girl, you know, like it, late nights in the garage and all that just, it all adds up to a championship. That's not an easy feat to make, even at amateur level or expert level, like to be able to put a full season of motorcycle racing together with as many variables as there are that could happen in a season it's tough it's tough to win a championship you know uh i don't know if you guys see the shirt that i'm wearing but that's what this Mm -hmm. is all about privateer (laughs) industries you know and it's not like privateer used to be a term for the top level guys like those couple five percenters that get to the top and they can bang bars at the top but really it's a different perspective this privateer industries where you know i don't care if it's your first race weekend or if you've had an illustrious career being a privateer at the top level you know we're all doing the same thing we're all chasing that lap we're all chasing the next guy ahead of us and chasing that next accomplishment whatever it is next on our list you know yeah Yeah, so i I wanted to ask you about that well this is a big question i guess but one just realizing you know how much it does actually take like you're talking about to Mm -hmm. to put together a full season it's not just racing like uh, i think you and, and your girlfriend are more than just a i ride motorcycles it's you've dedicated kind of the majority of your life outside of work, if not Mm -hmm. also part of work, like you mentioned to building racing and cleaning up afterward motorcycles. Right. So absolutely. um, My question with that is like, is the goal to eventually get past that or to just keep that going? You know, I don't think there's getting past it. Right. Like, you know, I, I remember listening to Kyle Wyman when he was running that Ducati program and talking about how much effort it took to get that program, you know, just from track to track. And actually, he recently did a podcast with Corey Alexander talking about that. And that was really refreshing to hear again. You know, it's a struggle bus, but I don't care what level you get to. Like maybe MotoGP or World Superbike, you know, they have their own struggles that look a little bit different. But it, it's you don't get past that grind, you know, whether it's training or you know, just the logistics and balancing the home life, you know, we all have someone at home and or something to come back to. And so I don't think you ever really get past that. You know, for us, it was actually super random. I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram today, but I ran into my girlfriend in Denver. So super random. She wasn't supposed to be there. And so I was like, I messaged her. I was like, Hey, it's clear security in Denver. And she's like, cool. I just hit the ground in Denver. I'm like, what? So <laughs> I wasn't going to see her for like 14 days between work and racing because she's got her pilot stuff going on, you know? And so, uh, it was, it was nice. Like we actually got to spend an hour together, you know, because there's times where it goes a couple weeks where I don't really get the chance to see her. And that's been tough for me recently too, because Stacy has been a huge part of my success. Like my first Moto America round, she was the one, her and my buddy, Sean, you know, they were doing tire changes, changing clutches. I totaled the bike, which I recently showed you guys those pictures and they're the ones that fixed it and put it back together. But she's always been the one that's been right there to support, you know? And so it's kind of a new evolution in my racing to kind of have to go at it on my own, you know? And she struggles with that too, because she wants to be there. 
So right. I was very right. fortunate, you know, like most people's wives or girlfriends would not put up with the lifestyle that I live doing this at all, you know, but when we met, she knew I was, I was buried into this. And so, uh, you know, she knew what she was signing up for and, and she's my biggest supporter. So very fortunate for that because otherwise this whole thing would not work at all. Right. I, I know it means a lot more when you have somebody to share it with as well. So absolutely. Yeah. And that was cool. Like for you this weekend, like it was your first race weekend. So you had the family out there and you know everybody got to take part of that and see your success. And I'm sure pulling into the pits afterwards, like it just, it probably felt 10 times better just having somebody to come smile at afterwards, you know, and everybody patting you on the back for it. So, yeah, absolutely. So this, That's this big, might be out of order, but so I don't forget, I want, I wanted to ask you, so at your level, mm -hmm. so let, let me back that up a little bit at my level. One of the things I really look forward to driving home from the track is I can't wait for round three to see what can happen, right? What, what we can do. But for me, and, and you know, you watched me and don't judge me from that last one, man. I was gassed, but no, nah, I, wa I watched more than that. So, and you did good in that one too, man. You did good. But the, just driving home, I'm like this corner right here. I know I'm screwing it up. I mean, it's, it's brutally obvious. I know what I can do better. I've got this giant chunk I can work on here and I've got this giant chunk over there. And I, I think about that, like from your perspective, from the guy at my level watching you, are you still, it's just almost hard to comprehend that you're going in a corner going, I can do this better on the next one. But are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I have a pretty lofty goal myself at, at that UMC West track. And I was right there. I would have hit it this weekend, but I'm playing around with some things and the, the track kind of went away as the day went on, you know? So like your times kept getting faster, but that was harder for me. Cause I'm kind of at the, I'm, I'm at the other end of that sword, you know, it's a little sharper up there. Right. And so where you're fighting for seconds, I'm fighting for tenths right now. And you'll right. get to that. So I tell folks in your position, like, Enjoy this while it lasts. Like it's great when you get to come home and be like, I dropped two seconds off my fastest time. You know. Yeah, and you're like, dude, I got three hundredths of a second. <laughs> I was happy to match it this weekend. I was like, dude, I'm on I'm on the Dunlops, I'm on a new front end, you know, it's all different, no feel like I was used to. So like for me to just match my PR, that was a win for me. I was pretty stoked about it, you know? And so it gets to be that point. No, like a uh, couple things, like after the race, you know, me and Ty. I don't know if you guys actually got to meet or talk to him much, but he was the guy on the R1, my buddy that was pitted with us, mm -hmm. Apex Assassin as well. Um, you know, we bike. had a couple battles out there. Yeah, pink bike. Okay. Uh, sorry, bud. <laughs> uh, so, no, we had a couple battles out there, and he rode really well, like really well. You know, it's been a while since he's felt really good on the motorcycle and everything, and I've kind of been putting a hurt into him. But he brought the fight to me this weekend, which is really fun for me because I didn't get that in round one. But me and him talked about it afterwards, and I was – as we were talking about, I was like, dude, I was being way too nice to you. Like, that's never going to happen again, you know? <laughs> so and we think about those types of things. What would I have done different in that racing situation? You know, there's there's a couple corners out there that, you know, it's little things, little tiny things. I'm like, man, I, I, I was three millimeters too far back on the bike or something, and I wasn't getting the bike to turn the way I wanted to. But, you know, I thought about that all night on Saturday night. I use visualization as a tool. I think about these things. I'll go back and watch videos if I have to sometimes. Like, trust me, I do my homework in between rounds and, and sometimes you go out there and you're not any faster. Or some days it's, it's not the best day or the, the stars don't align. You're actually slower than you were last time out. But every now and then it all comes together and you crush your PR. It doesn't matter what level you're at. You know, I guarantee you, you know, Chavi has been dominating Moto America and Supersport. I guarantee you he's trying to figure out how he can beat everybody by an extra second. You know, I guarantee it. You know, that, that doesn't stop. No, never.
never. So let me let me pick that apart for a second. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, we've put you on a pretty good pedestal, and I think you absolutely deserve that. But maybe we can bring you down for a second and ask Ooh, you some please. real-life questions. Please. This weekend, you did a, a 130.6-something, mm-hmm. right? Which was yeah. – that was really fast, right? But you mentioned getting really into the – into the 129s on the west track um and how that would be kind of god status because people haven't ran that time in a long time right it's been a while i think the last one if you guys don't know the name look them up sometime at your leisure but i think the last one to do it was shane turpin who's he's got a resume you know so yeah and he might have even went high 28s at one point in his career but the idea is the track is the track isn't getting any faster as the time goes on and so uh, I think 129 right now is even a larger challenge than it might have been at one point in time. The reality is I just know I can do it. You know, I, I right. know in my heart I can do it. And, you know, it's going to take the right conditions for the track because that track does. I mean, we were we were facing 140 plus degree track temperature, which yeah. is it was really hot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, after qualifying, it wasn't going to happen. You know, I, I won't end this year without doing it. Like all you listeners accountability partners like it's happening 129 before the year's out i promise you. are we are we putting a financial meal on that also i don't care I'll i'm do not doing that he's gonna do <laughs> hey, it i tell you yeah, what he probably will yeah i'll tell you, you bet against wait. him i'm not betting against this guy i'm i'm begging one of you guys too because like every time somebody does that ty won't do it ty <laughs> won't bet against me richard won't bet against me because the minute they do i go out there and i take their five bucks you know and it's always five <laughs> or ten bucks but i don't care i'll, I'll break that bike in half for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well what they time what, what time do you want? Let's do it. We'll put it on so the world can hear. Twenty nine 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 nine. I don't care. Anything no, that says one twenty nine okay. in front right, of it. Right. I was hoping no, for I'm serious. one twenty nine five, but get out of right. here, dude. Like you're asking me to go a full second, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'ma try. I'ma try. Shit, I want to do a twenty seven, but you know, like let's be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah. I'll I'll see you, I'll see you at the one twenty nine. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, one twenty nine. Anything. A meal, a dinner in Arizona. How about that? Oh yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. All right. Since Dude, I'm, I I'm on nice, the East Coast here, and I probably I next nice time I might see there. you. I got a right. nice place out there. Yeah, not too expensive nice. either. So okay. I won't okay. I was like, nice. You mean like <laughs> you know the dollar sign on Google just keeps going? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's a great place in Scottsdale that that would hurt, but. Yeah, I won't do that to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll be all right. But to finish up my question real quick, again, I'm not I'm not necessarily trying to bring you down, but I'm just curious. If Moto America was to come out, I've seen those guys race. We're talking like your top three take probably Heron, Bobier, and and Gagne this year, right? Bring them out to the West Track. What type of times, give them a, like a full weekend, what type of times do you think they would be running in their qualifying? They'd easily get in the 27s on the Superbikes with the, okay. that caliber of rider, like I am not that good of a rider, you know, like, first of all, I've been doing this for four years. Right. Right. Uh, all, all three of those guys that you just mentioned have literally been doing this their entire life and not taking anything away from like their skill first. I mean, I'm just speaking to it, but like, I'm not that caliber of rider. You know, we all aim to be, I would right. love to say that I, I could bang bars with Josh or whoever else, but like, it's just not the reality. Yeah. Um, not with that. Attitude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, but you know, sure, I'm pretty quick, man. But I'm pretty humble. Like I know my place. You know, I, I would not give it to him. You know, like I would if I had to grit. You know, I had to grit up against some of those guys uh, at CVMA all the time. And, you know, I do my best to stick it to him. And occasionally, guess what? I, I get the better of him. Occasionally, 
occasionally, right? And that's a huge win for me, right? I'm the guy who shows up in a pickup truck and I've got a four or five-year-old motorcycle that's literally been broken in half twice, you know, rebuilt <laughs> properly. For any of these listeners that might be a potential buyer in the future, it's still in good shape. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, I mean, go ahead. We, we, may have, we may or may not have made that mistake on the brick. You've heard us talk about the brick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We were kind of bagging on it on, you know, something that's coming out. And I said, yeah. how the hell am I supposed to sell this thing? <laughs> Potential Sorry, track review foot. video coming out yeah. and then we're going to immediately list it for sale. Be like, yeah, great track bike. Go buy it. Seems <laughs> <laughs> garbage, but you should buy it. No. Yeah. They're cool uh, bikes, man. They're cool bikes. There's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're beautiful. Yeah. I will give them that. I think I... I was telling you though, like, you know, speaking of someone we were talking about earlier, you know, that's the right idea, man. Buy yourself like a R6 or a ZX6 or a Gixxer 600 or whatever, you know, something that's just like something that can take a beating, you know? And I guess, you know, since we're speaking to the audience too, like anybody who's taught, who's thought about getting into racing or, you know, really like just has their heart set on doing a lot of track days or whatever, like get, get something that looks cool, get something that, you know, is capable, but, Take something, get something that can take a beating. You know, like an R6, you can flip that thing off a bridge and put it back together. So, like, if something happens, you're not completely out. I mean, you guys are talking about a fancy bike that, you know, it might be harder to find parts for and parts are going to be more expensive. And the idea is the more time we can spend in the seat, the better we're going to get and the happier we're going to be about the whole thing. So, like, right. you know, set yourself up for success from the get-go. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that was my other thing that I wanted to talk about was your, I want your actual story. You've told us, I think, off camera a couple times, but just for, for the audience, uh, you mm -hmm. know, kind of start from the start to where we are now, where old lug nut started on a motorcycle and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and where we're at now and how we got there, if you will. That was uh, an expression of endearment, by the way. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it was so i don't know man like the lug nut story is it, it is what it is like lug nut was being a lug nut for many years of his life and and you know young and dumb and really didn't have like a sense of direction but i've always been into motorsports stock cars off-roading got into dirt bikes and stuff for a little while then i bought a street bike and i was because i was doing dirt bikes in the desert or the track and so i was going twice a week or whatever but in between time i'm like man i want to ride more so I was working at a, at a bike dealership in San Diego and decided I'd buy a street bike. And it was an SB650. Still love those things. They're, they're turds, but they're great first bikes. They're great anytime bikes. They're fun. Um, yeah. I just told so someone an, actually on Facebook that that's what they should get. Absolutely. Like I, I sold a hundred of those things the first time riders when I was working at the motorcycle store. Uh, they're just great bike for it. Um, and talk about a tank. They take a beating. Like I beat the snot out of that bike while I had it for a couple of years. Like, yeah. I, it went to a junkyard. I didn't go to the next owner because it was I demolished it. But um, you know, I I got into like you know I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was stunting around, riding wheelies in places you shouldn't be riding wheelies, and started learning my infamous stoppies. And uh, but I really really like shined in the canyons. Like I I was riding around with some old timers, and these guys all told me then, "You need to go to the track. You need to go to the track." You know, like like us track riders do to young riders now, right? Mm -hmm. Damn, I should have listened, man, because 10 years ago, I would have started this mission, and who knows, you know, maybe I would be battling with Josh and those guys, who knows, but, so, yeah, I, I actually got away from it for a while, like, uh, kind of went a different direction, and I moved, and 
you know, I spent years off a motorcycle and every now and then, so, like I, I work on them, you know, so everybody, every now and then someone say, Hey, I work on my bike and I wouldn't charge them. I'd say, cool, but I'm going to keep your bike for the weekend and go ride. And that's kind of how I got my fix once a year or whatever, twice a year. That's an interesting uh, way to do it. I like that. Yeah. It's just friends, you know, friends yeah. or whatever. But like, yeah. I was like, Hey dude, I'll, you know, I'm fixing your bike anyway. So if I wad it up, I'll fix it. But like, just I'm going to keep your bike for the weekend and go ride. <laughs> so you know, that was like my payment or whatever. And it worked for me. And so I, I spent a lot of time doing it that way, you know, and I'm talking like an eight year chunk between my first bike and riding to actually getting another motorcycle. And uh, it happened because I blew up my truck and I was like, man, I need to see something cheap to get back and forth to work on. So I bought an F4i. Well, that's a perfect stunt bike. So I started messing around, stunting around again. Uh, got stopped a couple of times and I did stop. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta quit this stuff, you know? So I just converted it to a full stunt bike for like parking lots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Literally, as soon as I completed that project, uh, we took in a ZX 10 on trade and uh, it was a Dodge dealership. I was working at, at the time, took a ZX 10 in on trade and I got it for next to nothing. And my intention was literally to buy it and flip it. Cause I could double my money uh, from what I got it for. Uh, I took it on one ride. I was like, man, this thing is awesome. Like it was, <laughs> it was a great bike. 2016 had like 1200 miles on it. Beautiful bike. It rode amazing. You know, I had, I rode it for around for like four or 5,000 miles on the street, canyon riding or whatever. And so, and one of my buddies, uh, is a club, a club member was like, Hey, let's do a track day. And I was like, all right, fine. You know? So I did my first track day. I rented a truck, you know, I bought tire warmers for my super courses and you know, the, the whole bit, like I went all out. Okay. Like, I didn't know what I was when- doing. Real quick, when was that? Like, give, um, give me a year or what? So something. that that would have been July of 2018. Okay. My first track. Right. My birthday was October. It's, uh, never mind. Sorry. Um, so October is my birthday, and and so for my birthday, there's a story I went to there. I'm, I'm, there's there, a story there is. Though. There is, man. I can't tell it though. Yeah. Uh, it, it just came up last night, so I'm laughing. It's fresh, you know. Being a, being a a Libra. So if Randy sees this, she's going to be laughing right now. But, uh, (laughs) as a Libra, uh, you know, I decided that I would take my bike out for birthday for my second track day at Chuckwalla. And I did that. And, you know, and back to the first one, actually. So when I showed up there, like I was under no impression that I was the world's fastest rider, but I I thought I was fast, you know? Right. And so I went straight into B group and, and I was, I was doing pretty well, you know, out there. You did your first track day in B group. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. All right. It's different for All guys right. like us. So like when we grow up in Southern California, like every road's a Canyon, you know? So it's kind of, we have a little bit of a leg up jumping onto the tracks. It's kind of nice. All so right. sure. we're familiar. We're familiar with being on the edge of the tire and whatnot. And we're dumb enough to crash in the Canyon. So the tracks, like we just kind of go out there and send it around. Right. I see it a lot, <laughs> but you're saying C group in California, at least Southern California is just non Californians. Uh, not necessarily, or just you know, old people like, on Ducatis. Some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to make so many enemies with whoever owns oh. Ducatis. Oh That's man, right. I have one in the garage too, so it's okay. <laughs> in the garage, I have one in the garage too. In the garage, yeah, it's a garage ornament. Yeah. I, actually, you guys saw it at the circus. It came out of it came out of retirement for uh, one session at the circus. So. <laughs> But Did what was the uh, miles an hour not trying? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What was the what was the <laughs> yeah. top speed there? Yeah, yeah, not even trying. That thing is so fast. I think it's probably faster than my race bike. But so yeah, so I you know, anyways, back to the first track day. Button Willow was the track. Went for a single day, and uh, you know, I showed up there, and 
I knew I was hooked from the very beginning because what it, what happened was like I was watching the guys ride in a group, right? And I was like, man, like okay, that's what fast is. Like I'm nowhere near that, and it was it was impressive. You know, I was thoroughly impressed, but at the same time, like in my head, I was like, I'm gonna be that guy. You know, I, I want to be that fast guy, and so mission started out you know and so i went back to the canyons for a while and riding around for a couple months until my birthday went to the track date and that's chuck walla so that's october of 2018 uh literally went home after the second track day traded my street fairings for a set of uh carbon and track fairings cut the headlights off the bike safety wired it up and went to do nrs so in november of 2018 i went to do nrs and that's, got my race that's license. where i made my mistake I just kept doing track days instead of going straight to NRS or NRC Dude, honestly, or whatever it might be in your yeah, state. Yeah, I was I was literally just talking to a young guy on Instagram about it, and he reached out to me. He's like, "Man, like I really want to start racing." He's like, "I I, I want to do CVM in a couple seasons from now." I'm like, "What? A couple seasons?" <laughs> I was like, no. "Go tomorrow." Like, yeah, NRC is October sixth. I'll see you there. You know, like yeah. I'll make sure you're ready. Trust me. You know, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. You know, because. Uh, especially because i'm a little on the older side and i didn't start till i was older you know uh if there is any regret for me in this sport it's that i just didn't get into it fast enough you know i didn't get into it soon enough there um, it is mark that mark that yeah, didn't get into regret. it soon enough if you have a question and i'm not one to talk because here i am not racing but anyway if you're ever thinking about it or man maybe i should maybe i shouldn't i'm not quite fast enough i think both of you can attest to this just go freaking do it Let's go do it. It'll, it'll change your life. Yeah, because as soon as you show up, you drop 12 seconds, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. easy. Yeah. yeah. Piece of cake. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, though, like, like that's always the thing. Like, oh, I'm not fast enough because you're getting your blower, your doors blown off by A group riders, you know, but you don't know who those guys are, you know, like, you know, Michael Gilbert out there riding around in A group because he's just having a fun day with Jason Pridmore, you know, and like, yeah, they're going to blow your doors off. These guys are top level pros and they're just right. riding stock street bikes, you know, like, right. don't worry about it. Just go race. Uh, Dustin Coiner is actually one of the guys who said it all the time. He's like, dude, there's always somebody to race. Like, if you're doing 220s or 140s, like somebody, um, somebody at the racetrack is going to give you a run for your money. You know, you're not going to yeah. be the only one. So, there's always someone. Yeah, man. So my my story was that just two track days in, cut the lights off, and uh, went racing. But you know, similar to your your little bit of success there, Cole. I won my first race, and you want to talk about a curse? I was a little bit lucky. <laughs> a little bit lucky. My my buddy Tor, we're still buds today. We we became friends almost immediately. He ran off course, and he tracked me down. It took him six laps, but he tracked me back down, and he made the pass on me. But man, I stood him up so hard, I punked him because I, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I led six laps. There's no way you're winning this race." So I won my first race. But you know, like now, like what's second? You know, like he is. <laughs> You got to win everything you feel like sometimes, you know? Yeah. You don't want to. That's true in life. I mean, going back to if you're thinking about racing, just do it. Mm -hmm. Time's short, but it's kind of symbolic of everything else in your life, too. Oh, if you want to yeah. do something, go do it. I always. Yep. And I wish I would have found this sport a lot earlier. I have that same regret. I've always been into motorsports. I've always rode motorcycles or four-wheelers or whatever they are right desert riding harleys mm -hmm. harleys but 
Come on, oh, hey, 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 we're, we're nice to all motorcycle riders here, right? You know, we are. They're cool, kind of, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> They're easier to drive across the country. True story. I would not ride my race bike anywhere beyond one lap at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I drove. I don't know if I ever told you. I had a similar addiction story, though. The first track day I did, Easton talked me into going. Mm-hmm. And I just picked up a Ducati Super Sport, which is not a real aggressive stance sport bike. But it's uh, got I clip-ons. Picked, yeah, yeah. I picked that up, went went to one track day, thinking I'm just going to knock this off the bucket list. I'm going to go to a track day. Been there, done that. I trailered it because it was up at the ridge. Put it in the trailer, and I told Mama on the way home, I said, I gotta buy a bike. Uh, says, you got a week bikes, later, you another... huh? A week later, he sends me a picture of an S one thousand and a trailer. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Out <laughs> a boy. Out a boy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Kind of goes back to that Ducati thing, though. Is that bike was great? That bike was fine. It's not. But it was a Ducati, so it wasn't that great. You're just you're <laughs> just trying now. What happened to loving all motorcycles in this? Yeah. Really. <clears throat> I love Ducatis. They look beautiful. Enough said. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Period. Dot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's your, so you're going to finish out the USBA. Obviously you're up racing. Where'd you say? So we're in, at uh, M- Colorado. MRA. Yeah. So MRA is this weekend. Uh, what does MRA it, stand for? Raw. Motorcycle Racing Association or something like that. Um. Oh, they're just okay. All right, they just went out there and they're like, "We don't. Yeah, we're just motorcycle racing." Yep. Yeah. All right. Motorcycle I mean, racers. There's Love so America. many. Like it. It just cracks me up. But you get into it and you understand, right? But I. I think some of our listeners don't race motorcycles. Don't. You know. So I. I try yeah. and break it down no, as honestly, much as possible. That. That's a good point. You know, because I think you and I talked about that. Like. You know, for those of you that don't race, you know, there's there's literally club racing happening everywhere in the country, you know, and yeah. just just look it up. Just, you know, look up motorcycle racing near me on the old Google and that's see what dude, it says. That's what I'm talking about. People you know? are like, well, you know, I do attractive, but I don't know how to find it. I'm like, just Google motorcycle track day near me. That's how it's I like, did it. Like when somebody asks, like, what part fits their bike, you know, on like Facebook or something like, yeah, I, it's just. I can't respond because I'll have something smart ass to say, you know, but I'm like, dude, Google, you have a phone, just Google. Oh, man. It, you it drives liked, me nuts. There was a, there's a Utah motorcycle something page on Facebook uh-huh. and someone had a nail that got stuck in their tire and they're like, how do I fix this? Right. And there's about 40 comments of people saying, put a plug in it or take it to a shop. I got on there. I was like, put slicks on it, race fairings, dedicated <laughs> track bike. Come out to yeah. UMC, <laughs> like yeah, dude, I, I dig it, I dig it. Yeah, somebody was anyway. talking about having to order tires for their Yamaha R6, and they're like, mm-hmm. where do I order tires for my Yamaha R6? And I was like, I sent a link to Yamaha Motor Company USA. I was like, they're special order, man. You got to call up <laughs> Yamaha and we'll send them out to you. I was like, come on, dude, like that's gonna make people not <laughs> race, like. <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick. It's just oh, sorry. I don't mean to be mean. Um. <laughs> But uh, I just, you know, like you gotta, you gotta attempt to answer a problem in your life before you put it on Facebook, you know? So yeah, that, that's all I'm no, saying. I, I Racers are not. I, I'm like, 
I'm stopping myself all the time because, you know, so many pages that I'm on and people are like, how do you, is there anyone nearby that changes tires? And I'm like, just change them yourself. Or I, that was another one. There were like five different people that needed tires changed the weekend of track day circus. And I really wanted to tell them like, yeah, there's a Dunlop tent out of the racetrack. Right also for, yeah. for, for $200, you could uh, come actually ride your bike, you know, like <laughs> actually ride. But so what do you anyway. guys, you, I mean, I had, I had my reasons for the longest time for not going to a track, but you know, that's something that I ponder a lot. Like why, why wouldn't somebody come out and ride the track, you know? Because it, so sometimes you need a buddy, not everybody, but a lot of people need a buddy to go with. And mm -hmm. it's hard to find somebody with the cojones to go to the track, but it's harder to find two people. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I think for me and, and we've found talking to people, you know, everybody you talk to, it's just going back to what we were talking about earlier. You need to have the right attitude because if I want a Ferrari, I'll go get a Ferrari. If that's, if that's my life goal, boom, I'm not, I've always been that way. If that's what I want, yeah. that's what I'll do. But yeah. most people aren't like that. That's just, they, they sit on the couch and say, poor me. And I can't do that. That's just for other people. And I think track days in general are riding on a track, whether it's cars, bikes, whatever. It's something that most people just think, it's unobtainable. That's not something I can do. And what yeah. they don't realize is it's absolutely the simplest thing. It, your SB650, I mean, you can buy a 10-year-old one for, mm -hmm. you know, you can mow their lawn for them. They'll probably borrow it to you for the weekend. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Really a, like, go to the track. That's our biggest goal, I think, was to get the, the, the knowledge of how easy it is and how available it is more spread. Because I've, I've talked to friends before, like, yeah, I go to the racetrack, right? And they're like, well, you know, I can't. I'm like, I think for me, before I ended up going, the big thing was I had a bike, but I didn't have all the gear. And the gear is a big the, thing, right? Yeah. Right? So so gear is definitely the number one, like, upfront cost. You cannot go without the gear, and it's not cheap, right? So, Buying a motorcycle to ride on the road, not cheap itself, whatever. But then spending an extra $1,000 or more on gear, that's a lot. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think for for me personally, it was like this, well, I can't go to the track if I don't have a trailer. And I don't have, like, I had to have the whole setup before I ever thought I could go, right? Because yeah. I have always got this, like, image of what everything looks like. Like, if I go race cars, I'm going to take a car on a trailer with two sets of tires and, you know, all this stuff. And if until I get there, I'm not going to go do it or whatever it might be, you know. Like, I, I saw a video the other day just for example here of this uh rc car coming into a pit stop the lady grabs it off the line and then puts some gas in it and then sends it back out and in my head i was like yeah if i was ever to like race rc i wouldn't do it until i could meet that level yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to change my mentality and then the whole goal of our of our podcast i think and our channel is to kind of help change everyone else's mentality of like no it's literally right there Take what you Let's probably go. already have and just go grab it. Yeah. And go. No, this so. is a great point. And that's kind of why I asked you guys, you know, what your perspective was on it, because I, I'm kind of more like you too, Easton, where it's like, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it like way all in, right? Like, mm -hmm. there, or, or even like you call like, oh, I went to the track, time to buy a race bike, you know, like right. buy an S1000, right? Just, just go for it. 
but there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. But at the end of the day, for doing this and being involved with this sport and enjoying motorcycling and the motorcycling community, the track community, which is amazing community. You have seen people throw bikes in minivans, like yeah. Chrysler Pacificas and stuff, man, and just make it happen, <laughs> you know, and like, you can come do it. And, and if anybody out there is listening to this or ever watches this, and you're like, man, I thought about it, but you know, reach out to the organizations like, you know, Apex Assassins, Track Days, Two Wheel Track Days, One to Not Be Named. Yeah. But, you know, like, reach out to the organizations that are hosting the track day and be like, hey, like, I'd love to do this. I have no idea where to start. I don't know anybody. I don't know how to even get my bike there. And I guarantee you that these people are going to help you, like, providing solutions. And then when you show up at the track, you know, they're gonna they're gonna ride with you. They're gonna introduce you to the people around. You're gonna meet people. You know, think about it. We're all like-minded individuals. We all like motorcycles. That's what brought us all to this point right now. Us three to this this chat. You know, absolutely it's a stupid motorcycle. Well, I'll I'll so. take it a step further. I'll go ahead and say it. And I'm I've been meaning to say this for a while. But if you're listening right now, comment on this or get on Instagram. You don't even have to follow me. I don't care. Direct message me on Instagram at JK Moto Podcast. Let me know. I'll be that friend. I'm willing to travel. I'm willing to do whatever. I'll be that friend that goes to the track with you for the first first time, shows you the ropes, whatever. Or, you know, if it's super far away, I can at least get you in touch with people. I'm not afraid to reach out. I can tell you, I mean, we just told you a couple organizations. I can tell you a couple names that you email them. I've gone and made a conversation before with Ken Hill personally. Like, hey, man, I don't know. I want to buy your membership, but I don't know if I can hit them all. He's like, just email me. Talk to me. I want to get you here as much as you can be here. We'll figure something out. And I guarantee the pretty much the entire community around the country is like that. So if that's where your holdup is, reach out. Let, yeah, let me know and we'll we'll get that taken care of. So I'll second anyway. that too, man. Yeah, I'll second that. I'm never too busy to help somebody in my sport and my community, you know? Like it might take me a few minutes to get back to you, but reach out. You know, you talk about Ken Hill, like that dude I at no expense or no expense paid, like totally would help Stacy when she first got on the track. He would review her videos. He'd shoot her videos back. They'd talk about it. And she showed progress. Like, you mm -hmm. know, that's just, that guy makes a lot of money coaching and doing what he does in the sport. Like right. he's very valuable and you know, you, you'll pay for his time, but he's also the same kind of guy that will give you some time just yeah. to, just to see you get further involved with the sport. And, you know, more you guys like, get into this you know you listeners if you're not already the more you realize that there's nothing intimidating about it because i think being intimidated for one reason or another is a big turn off for a lot of folks to come out and ride the tracks with us as well give it a shot you know just get your toes in the water the water's nice you know where everybody's cool so speaking speaking of intimidation real quick i want to bring this up cole and i don't want to put you on the on the whatever here but um well i'm in the corner i'm good the, so the biggest <laughs> thing that that intimidated me was that i i wanted to drag my knee right my first track day man i was like i've been out on you know i've gone and done my fair share of canyon carving i thought i was hot whatever and could take whatever and i just needed a racetrack where there weren't speed limits and i could get a knee down i didn't drag my knee once my entire first year Right, because I, I got out there and I was way more scared than I thought I would be. And uh, my knee never hit the ground. But there's a dude here, I think, with a medal from this past weekend. And maybe a story that could go along with that. About knee dragging. Or not. 
So I don't I don't know if you noticed, but I don't drag any knee when you were watching. So I, I didn't look that close, but I saw your pucks when you came back in. Yeah. So when I first started riding, it took me a while to where all of a sudden knee was down, right? Crazy feeling that first time. You're like, wow, I'm doing it. And then I realized I was putting myself in a body position that I wasn't comfortable necessarily with. And the way I ride is the way I ride, I guess. Maybe it's the old body. Maybe it's the extra 30 pounds, 20 pounds that I'm carrying, whatever it is. Just the way I ride, my, I mean, I'm, I'm leaned over. I'm using the whole tire. At, at times, I think I need to be pushing the bike back up a little more. You know, maybe I'm leaning further than I should. But just the way I ride the bike, I very seldom touch a knee on the ground. And, and maybe that'll change as the speeds continue to come up, right? That, that's it's fine. Change. Yeah, I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but that last corner, just to, just to hold you a little bit, you were literally like, Every time he came around it, I'm like, dude, there's got to be, there's got to be a mark on his puck when he gets back and there's no way. Like, I, I know you and I've never, down. I've never thought less of you because I look at your tires and your tires are actually closer to the edge than mine usually are. I just get off the bike more. You're a little older than me, whatever, flexibility, whatever you want to talk about. But I just want to put that out there because if you're like possibly, man, I don't think I can do it. It doesn't matter. Please come to the track. I've passed many a person I, I, with Mark Marquez form out there. <laughs> yeah yeah i see guy, it all the time too and i was like man that guy looks way cooler than me but i'm going 17 seconds faster a lap <laughs> <laughs> dude the dual the not the dual sports the uh the nakeds dudes on yeah. like triumph street triples for some odd reason they're like the bikes up here and they're just on the ground and you're like i'm passing you on the outside doing 10 miles an hour more than you but you look freaking cool like yeah yeah, keep doing it, man. I, I enjoy yeah. it. It's cool looking. Yeah. 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 You know, those bikes are weird. You got to ride them a little aggressive like that. I had a little experience with the Triumph Street Triple, uh, good and bad, actually. But, you know, I, I love the bike, actually. Well, since yeah. we're not bagging on other bikes anymore for any more of this. As long as podcast, it's not Ducati. Those Harley Davidson guys, um, they kind of crack me up. There's that guy at UMC that's on a Yamaha Bolt. I don't know if you've ever talked to him. He's, mm. he's, he's there all, all the know. time. It's like a white Yamaha bolt. And I know he, he usually in the C class and I know that guy can ride. He's choosing to ride the bike. He's choosing to ride. And I've been on the track with him at times and the, he's got eight hangers on it. I mean, <laughs> they're pretty big, right? And the amount of yeah. body language he has to put into that thing to get it to turn, you, you just go by him, right? It's, he's not, it's not that he's going that fast, but the body English he's putting into it is amazing. I mean, you can tell he knows what he's doing. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a different, a different challenge. It's a different challenge he's chasing, trying to get that bike to go fast. Oh, rather sure. than just jumping on something that was designed to you do know, it. You've seen the name this year, Jeremy, Jeremy McWilliams. He rides mm -hmm. the Harley and he rides the Hooligan bike in Moto America. And he's kind of notorious for riding weird bikes fast, you know. Uh, it's, it's its own little talent. Um, but I just want to say, you know, it's actually a really good point. You know, talking about the guy riding his Harley, whether you're, you know, and kind of gearing this back towards the club racing thing, you know, but, um, everybody, like everybody's got a different style of bike and motorcycle out there. And I don't care if you want to be the next racer, you should definitely go to track dates. Cause if you want to practice braking skills or like cornering skills or anything like that, to keep you safer on the street, the track 
is going to teach you a lot of things that you'll never learn riding all day long on the street. So there's that, but like, just for say you got a, what a bolt or Yamaha bolt and you're like, man, I'd love to race somebody who has a bolt. Guess what? There's classes now at all the club yeah. racing organizations to where you can race your bolt. You can race your Ninja 300. You can race your HP, HPR, BMW, you can, whatever the things are, you, you, any bike you got, there's a class you can race it in anymore. So, right. you know, there's zero excuses as far as that's concerned. If you, if you have a little bit of a competitive spirit and you like riding motorcycles and figure out where you can go race one, you know, step yeah. it up a notch. And if you don't yeah. have a competitive spirit, come to a track day and all of a sudden you'll have a competitive spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can fix that. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that to, happens. Yeah. To uh, piggyback on what you said about it's the best place to practice braking, turning, everything. Uh, it's a story I've told before, but I'll say it again for you. I rode motorcycles my whole life. When I went to the track, there were just some of the simplest, silliest things that I wasn't doing that the track instantly taught you. And I found myself driving home pointing at every Harley rider or anybody else for that matter that's on the street. And I'm thinking, you can't ride and you can't ride and you can't ride. <laughs> You know, because I didn't know what I didn't know until I got there. Right. And I still obviously don't know everything by any means. But the yeah, you want to be safer on the street, go do a track day or two or three. Absolutely. Yeah. A rider in every aspect. 100%. 100%. No matter the bike. Yeah. No matter the yeah. bike. Man, what are we going to title this episode? Get off your That'll couch come. and go back to the track? That'll come to fruition. Like by the end of the episode, you'll have something on your mind. Yeah. Uh, usually um, I have to listen to it again. I'm like, that's the one right there. There you go. We got to edit one or two things I said, and I shouldn't have said probably out of this. Thing, no, so you're good. All right. <laughs> you're good. We're uh, keeping it all. Actually, everything's going in. All right. Good. So almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, only the Ducati jokes are going in. That's actually all. It's going to be about a 10 minute episode of just Ducati. This but Ducati, you know that what? Ducati, this it'll go viral. Yeah, it probably would. It it'll probably play on would. TVs. It'll play on TVs at Starbucks. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Hey, so what give do you me, guys want to know about this week? Oh, go ahead. Give me two minutes. I'll be right back. Me and Cole are going to talk racing. Sounds good. I'll be right back. Keep going. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's so, hard to get good of? help. It, it's Generation Z. They don't. The work yeah. ethic's he's gone. Like, he's like, dude, I'm supposed to have a 10 minute break every hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. So, what do you think of that new Dunlop tire, bud? So, it scared me, like I said in the beginning. It slipped out on me a couple times, one one in particular. And I had to just hurry and get that out of the head and push through. But once I, like you said, maybe it had cooled down, sitting yeah. too long. Oh, I like it. I'm excited to, because I never switched the front. Mm -hmm. So, I think the fronts were a huge improvement too. I had more of a problem with the front than I had the rear with the old ones. So for all of you still listening, uh, Pirelli guy right here, love them, swear by them. We'll still race on them, but I was running the Dunlops this past weekend because uh, Moto America, you have to run the spec tire, which is Dunlops. I was trying to get a little bit of time on them and the Dunlop guys really got me comfortable, obviously moving pretty well, won all my races. So, but yeah, it's, it's actually a much better tire in my opinion than it used to be. It's a lot more forgiving, a lot more pliable, you know, squishy a little bit, predictable to me, way more predictable than they used to be. I mean, the old ones to me, it would kick out and be gone. And, you know, I'd be 
changing my shorts and these things like i can give it a handful of throttle and it slides out on me like ah, i know where it's going we're all right you know so we're we talking about dunlops right now yeah we're talking about tires all right. listen tires. you just know your place gen z and yeah is your 10 so... minute break over yet <laughs> <laughs> we decided hey, that gen z needs a 10 minute break every hour gen z <laughs> is the future of motorcycle racing so you better be careful yeah we're in big big trouble gen, then. gen e all right all right all right we, we brought that up before and quickly left it so we'll do this hey, so, again so, right now all right, let me see all if right, you can right. answer this question I, i'm gonna bring this back to technical motorcycle oh boy here we go can you honestly answer that uh, this is gonna this tells too much about me but you know when you're watching Man, I watch every Moto GP race, every Moto America race. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, World Superbike. I'm trying to find where I can watch the Australian ones all the time. You know, BSB. I can't get enough. I just got it on in the background in the shop, if nothing else, right? But you hear all these guys talking about, and you and you included. And I think at your level, it's different. But you know, I made this little change and I felt it right here, or I made this little change and I felt it right there. I changed the front end on my bike. So for the, how fast you had, at what point did you go? Nope. The front, front forks aren't working for me. You know, I got to switch them to this. Uh, at what speed are you really starting to feel those things and needing to there change? Was a, there was a very specific moment uh, where I realized my front end was no longer working for me uh i was out in the dirt with a bike that was upside down and turn one at button willow like yep okay maybe i'm overriding this front end you know right. um but that question is kind of loaded because i guarantee you someone like jason pridmore who's you know been riding the kawasaki a lot that same generation zx10 he flies on stock suspension. He could have probably went faster than I was going that day without changing anything on the motorcycle. He probably just got on it and went faster than me, right? Right. Um, so that, that question is different for everybody now, or the answer to that question is. But I get asked a lot about that, about like changing suspension on a bike or what changes to make to a bike to make it better. I was just talking to somebody this morning in the airport about it. Um, the reality is, is like, from my opinion, I think if you can afford to do a fork cartridge and a rear shock on, you know, like your, your stock suspension, like upgrade that stock suspension to a fork cartridge and a rear shock, go for it, do it. Like don't wait for it. Just go ahead and do it. You know, um, there are some downsides to that too, but my premise is as we grow, it makes it easier to change the motorcycle to grow with us because the motorcycle is going to change for us every second that we go faster, you know? Right. Uh, you know, even on, even on Saturday, like I, I qualified P1 and I went out for the race and I didn't change anything for the first race, but the bike wasn't handling the same because it was a little bit warmer out, you know? And so whatever, like it, the, things change. Right. But right. with the aftermarket suspension with the Olin's or GP cartridge or something like that, which I, which I run, you can change things pretty easily. Is it, necessary to do that to build speed absolutely not there's guys that take a stock bike and ride it for a couple of years and gain a lot of speed on the stock bike without really changing anything right i think a lot of that boils down to confidence if you it's kind of silly but i i say it all the time like if you believe that rock on the ground is gonna give you luck and you're gonna win the lottery because of it well 
pick up that rock because you know, like something's telling you, you're believing in it. Right. Uh, you know, if you, if you believe that the Pirelli is going to make you faster than the Dunlop, then buy the Pirelli or whatever. Like, you know, confidence is more important than just about anything else when it comes to going fast on motorcycle. It's whatever gives you that confidence. You know, I, we were talking about that earlier too. I can't remember what we were saying. Oh yeah. You're talking about being serious, being serious, confidence and having fun, you know? So like, if you like an SC projects because it's super loud and you like that and whatever, like, okay, go for it. If it puts a smile on your face, like <laughs> you're going to ride, you're going to ride faster because you're having fun. I promise you, yeah. you know, like, so yeah. sometimes things like that are like legitimate upgrades. I don't think right. there's a certain benchmark for like, you have, once you get to certain speed, like you have to do this or to get to a certain speed, you have to do this. I think that's a little bit different for everybody, but there does come a time where like what you're riding or, you know, the tires you're riding on, or, you know, maybe something you're doing on the motorcycle. Uh, you have to change it if you want to keep progressing. Otherwise you might, you know, you might fall down or you might, uh, you might not cross over that plateau to the other side right. or whatever. So, um, so sorry, it's kind of vague. If I, if I snuck into your camp after your mm -hmm. second round on a, a race day or a track day or whatever, and I, I took your rear tire down by two pounds. Would you notice that? I would say there's a high probability. Okay. Yeah. Because I, in particular I'm for me with the front, but like uh, on the rear, like I think to be specific, you would notice it in wear, right? Like I, two pounds will make a big difference in the tire tearing or not sometimes. And so. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you take two pounds out for me, that's probably a good thing. Cause like it just flattens it out and it gives you more grip. Right. But it's just not going to last. So. All right. Yeah. I just, I've always been curious cause I, I started running slicks about two years ago on, on track days and I just kind of slowly been working my way up the compounds and none mm -hmm. of them have really felt any different to me. Uh, and I've always just equated that to, well, I don't ride fast enough or hard enough to catch those key differences. So I'm just kind of curious of a, a man that's further up in the level. Well, it's keeping on this subject. It was kind of like what we were talking about in the pits. Easton is, I think I use dirt bikes as an, an analogy, but a lot of people go to the store and they, they buy a Honda 450 mm -hmm. when they have no business being on a Honda 450. Yeah. 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 You, you just go straight to the 450 and, and the average rider is using 30% of that bike you know, out in the desert or wherever he is. Yeah. I mean, lug nuts using 10% of his VX 10, you know, Damn, man. too bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We actually, I, joke. I, brought, I actually brought you I'm up actually in looking... that conversation. I said, you know, at Anthony's level, he goes and buys a new Honda Fireblade RRRRRRR and takes it out to the track just in total stock form. I mean, you don't even set the sag. You just go out there and run it around the track. You can probably squeeze that for most of what it's worth. A good portion. A good portion. I think Def like, definitely you know, more than I could. I probably, you know, like, and, and again, like so you, you started to cross the threshold, you know, talking about racing and success versus not success or like beating the guy next year or whatever. Like maybe that day I was okay crashing. Maybe my risk versus reward balance was allowing me to go ahead and toss the bike to beat you, you know? Right. So like, there's always that factor as well when it comes to who can do what on a motorcycle. Um, 
you know, I can tell you on my bike that there's, there's people that would ride my bike faster than me still out there. You know, I, am I using a hundred percent of its capabilities? I'd say I'm going pretty close. Like there's a couple of times where I've lost the front chasing down some guys that I've looked up to that are a little bit faster than me because I was trying to do things with the motorcycle that it wasn't going to do that day. You know, like there's, so yes, I've ridden it to its, its capabilities, but you know, not a hundred percent of the time either. Like there's times where, you know, there's areas on the track that could have went faster or whatever. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, riding the pirate bike, <laughs> you know, little, little secret. Like I'd love to do that. Like that was actually the bike I wanted to buy when I got my first race bike, my ZX 10, you know, that I bought from the dealership there, that the Honda was what I was eyeing uh, when that was an SP2, um, right. you know, but there's reasons why not, you know, but it's getting to be the same thing with the ZX 10. Like everybody was on those things. Resources were everywhere. Like I'm literally buying everything I can when I find it, I buy a tank, whatever. Cause I don't know how much longer I'm going to have the bike and I don't know how much longer some of these parts to be available. Right. Cause you know, right. things move on. So, but. Well, I asked Honda, I think last week I asked them to come back to Moto America. So they probably, I re- probably listened. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I heard that. Everyone listens. Only, to Jack Miller has right. been for sure. So they haven't called me yet, Absolutely. but I can't carry my phone on the track. So. Okay. You've been, you've been riding. So that's where you're messing your up. You need notes. the blue. Yeah. Bluetooth while you're out there. Hey, what up? <laughs> yeah. Big, big no, no. Please don't but, do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So pretty good weekend at Utah, man. It was, it was good. Like you, you got a podium, your first race weekend. So you dropped a ton of time. We had some good battles in the, in the expert open bikes. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, talking about club racing and, and why it's so fun, like Moto America is a blast, right? Like I've done a couple rounds or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, it takes me seven hours to get away from the track because I get to see everybody. Everybody comes by, we have conversations, they have a barbecue. You get to laugh about the battles and everything. Like there's just a, there's just an element of family and fun and competitive spirit that goes on at club races that I, I find it hard. Family. Yeah. Yeah, Family. (laughs) Hand me a Corona. (laughs) Uh, I hope you're listening, Nick. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But, dude, I I find it really hard to believe that there's very many communities out there in the world that are the same way as racers, as club racing in in specific. Like, you know, pro racing has its own traveling circus kind of idea, you know, and and it's kind of the same thing, but just on a different scale. Um, Right the camaraderie and you know like the relationships bill and everything just from club racing alone have like are, are actually a huge reason why i keep doing this i think that came up earlier like you know as far as maybe my future or, or when i might stop or change directions a little bit but the reality is like it's guys like you that i've met you know and and it's just built into a relationship and we're friends and you know we get to see each other at the track and talk away from the track and you know i i think 99 percent of my life is people from the motorcycling world thanks to you know just going racing riding the track or whatever you know and i wouldn't change it i love it love 100 to to put that in perspective to what kind of blew my mind this weekend is cole you're from northern utah you're from the vegas area nevada right and i'm out in Mm -hmm. south carolina Uh, and and here we are all talking to each other about motorcycles and here we were hanging out for the past two weekends in the same place doing the same thing. Right. So you want to talk about a, yeah, tight knit community. I mean, I met you in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. because 
your colleague talk to you at uh, an airport? An airport in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. At an airport, yeah. it was like, yeah. oh, hey, I know, I was, I know some of the racist yeah, motorcycles. Was, yep. Right. So, kinda, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I was wearing our Apex Assassin's hoodie, and this guy's like, hey, what is that? I'm like, oh, motorcycle racing. You know, we started talking, and I showed him a picture. He's like, oh, my buddy does that. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's his name? Pulled him up, pulled Cole up on Instagram, followed, and I'm like, I think I've seen him, actually. I said, I see you in that truck there, you know? So I shot him a text, and, you know, and that's how it is. Like, again, like, if you're trying to get to the track, that's how easy it is. Like, I'm like, hey, Cole, my name's Lugna, and I like motorcycles. <laughs> what's we up? are now friends. That's it. It's over. We're friends. Right. So, yep. yeah, yeah, I absolutely love this community and racing makes it makes it even, you know, even more so. Um, there's a, a long story again, but uh, I'm not going to tell the whole thing. Um, there is a, a debate over, you know, having a family friendly atmosphere uh, for a club racing organization or promoting a highly competitive club racing organization. And I can tell you, I've raced at both. I raced at family, you know, oriented, like, Hey, like, let's not trade paint, but let's go fast and try to beat each other. And then I raced at CBMA, which I would say is probably the most competitive club on, in the country as far as club racing is concerned. Like if you want to do, if you want to go to a nationals race, but you don't want to go to a nationals race, go to CBMA in the wintertime. Guaranteed. Like the Back that up. There is ridiculous. in the comments, yeah. let us know if you got something to beat it. I want to see it. Yeah, please. Fight I'd it. love to see, you know, honestly, like I, <laughs> I will grab a handful of guys, and I've been thinking about this for a long time. We're actually going to oh, do it on the man. West Coast. Here we go. It's this coming is good. out right now. Yes. Hey, I'll, spon I'll sponsor some of that travel. All right. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, right? I know. All right. Do it. You think you think you have a faster club? I'm looking in the eyes. You think you have a faster club than CVMA? Drop it in the comments. Make sure you follow these guys so they know where you're from and whatnot. And let's 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 get to the racetrack. Let's take it to the racetrack. I'm curious. And I'm talking amateurs. I'm talking little bikes. I'm talking big bikes. I'm talking all of it, man. Uh, I put CVMA, and I said this at our banquet recently to the whole family. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we have the fastest club, man. And so, you know, and, but but listen to what I just said. I was, I was comparing a family atmosphere to a competitive atmosphere, right? And I just said CVMA, and I said the word family. And it is the most competitive club, but at the end of the day, like, I've broken my motorcycle in half and I had one of my competitors go, Hey, look, you're actually more in the running for this championship than I am. Why don't you race my bike so that you can get your points today? That's a $30,000 race bike. And you're going to let the guy who just broke his in half race yours. Are you stupid? Man. But that's the kind of community it is, man. It is absolutely family. Competition brings family. So that's what I'm saying. Get out there. If you, if you like going fast on a motorcycle, start racing, man. I, I, I don't know. We we're going to talk about club racing. I'm sorry. I keep getting back to that because that's my life. But, you know, again, if uh -huh. anybody has questions that I get covered here, hit me up. Let's talk, you know, club racing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, also, let us know. We'll, I think we can definitely bring uh, bring Lugnut back at almost any time if you guys want. Pretty much. So, yeah. If you want yeah. to follow up with more club racing questions, put them down below besides the um, challenge. That might end up in the comments. Hopefully, I'm hoping for it. Absolutely. Next, next time he'll be in a hotel somewhere, and I'll be in a hotel somewhere, probably. <laughs> True story. Yeah, I actually here. missed you when you came down to Vegas. I was like, it was crazy. My life's always crazy, actually. Uh, I make don't time worry about that. Like I'll this, be back. I'll be right. back. I'll be there. I'll I maybe be there. I don't know. <laughs>
I uh do you do the track days when they're in Vegas when you're available? Yeah, so like uh Apex Assassins has a track day in September at LVMS. Uh and then we actually me and Easton were talking about it. We actually uh just dropped the news that we're doing a huge event similar to your favorite track day circus at the Podium Club, which is in Phoenix or just outside of uh for Halloween. That's gonna be a three day event. So there's a race weekend in between there too, but I'm lucky that it's not scheduled coinciding. So I will actually be at those track days, yes. Yeah, we've got our. I've already got my eyes on that. Uh, a, a Tessa Podium Club. What are they calling it? The uh, massacre. The, massacre. The yeah. massacre. Track yeah. day massacre. So yeah, yeah, keep your eyes on that. I think we'll we'll probably have more info going up. I know uh, Anthony over here will definitely have more info going up. Apex Assassins Absolutely. for sure. Legion Moto, and I don't remember who the third one is, but it's break free track time there you go so uh they're based out of uh arizona we're based out of nevada and then legion out of colorado so um but i mean that's gonna be a hoot gonna be stunt shows gonna be different configurations uh trick-or-treating costume contests i mean you name it so yeah it's gonna be a good time family bring your family you know bring your family family. (laughs) (laughs) i have a guy that i have a guy that hates uh fast and furious and if you just say the word family it gets him on his nerves so i'm gonna make sure he watches this episode you've said it 17 times (laughs) nick family that's for you all right that's the pass the corona's around nothing's more important yes sir nothing you can have any beer you want as long as it's a corona yeah what's the story (laughs) on that las vegas track as far as so i went around it three times Mm -hmm. uh, on track days What a don't start. Uh, go ahead. You're good. I'm just laughing. <laughs> you you asked what the story was, and he was like, Yeah, I ran it three times. I was like, Oh, yeah, what's the story there? Because there's definitely some stories there. But right. were you at the last one by chance? Uh, no, because uh, that's when Easton and I met in Atlanta. We had a track oh, day year yeah, before that was our last the fall before, maybe. What, we have a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. It was on Thanksgiving weekend, so it would have been last November. Just got yeah, to way too I was. Stacy and I were uh, in St. George for Thanksgiving, and then we we had all our bikes and stuff up there. We hightailed it back down here, and we were there. Yeah, yeah. So I was the guy. I was the guy that got rear-ended on the straight. Did you have oh, I remember. Do you remember me? I helped you push the bike back and talk to you because it was the bonehead on the R6 that did that to you and it bent your wheel. Yeah, and ripped the subframe yeah. off. And oh my god, that was me. Yeah. Okay, so that's funny and, because like we had our interaction previously. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that guy <laughs> by chance? Oh, I know who he was. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know who he is. Oh, he yeah. hasn't well, stopped he t- crashing. He's still going. He said he hasn't stopped crashing. Yeah. Did you you know what he did to me that day? I don't want to ruin any of the family stuff we've been talking about. No, nah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, like this is the type of thing that like it unfortunately happens once in a while. But you can go ahead if you want to spill the beans. So when I was hit, that's fine. I mean it's not fine, but it's fine, right? Stuff happens. <clears throat> I'm water off a duck's back. I was good. That dude starfish he flew over me he looked like a starfish in the air he flew over my shoulder 
when that happened. Hit the gravel rolling. I was hoping he wasn't hurt, right? I Real quick really for, the, for the Gen Zers, this is when you go, sheesh. Right, so. <laughs> Gen Z. So, he, uh, when you came to pick me up then, or to help me with the bike, you said, where's that guy? I think that was probably you. you said, where's that guy? Mm-hmm. And I said, he took off. Cause he ran and jumped over the fence, uh, the cement wall or whatever, and went back the to the pits. Back in the paddock, yes. yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he was injured running for help. I have no idea. But by the time I got back over there, I had about five people come up to me saying, Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't talk to him while you're mad. Yeah. And I wasn't mad. No, you're they were making you're me mad crazy. saying that. But I was right. just I'm like, I'm good. It happens, yeah. right? Yeah. I just hoping everybody's okay, you know, whatever. But when they finally left me alone, because I was famous there for a minute, because it happened right on the front straight, right? So a little touch of In fame. In front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I went looking for him and nobody knew who he was and he wouldn't. Yeah. I, I apologize for not coming back to you on that one, but I kind of wanted it to fizzle out, to be honest with you. And knowing you now, like, I know you weren't upset. Like, I know your personality now. I mean, you were bummed, right? Like, obviously, but it's not like you wanted to go ring the guy's neck, you know? But yeah, I had a long conversation with that dude that day, you know, and the reality is like sometimes you need to, it's something they say in motorcycles all the time, ride your ride. You know what I mean? Like you see somebody out there flying around, like, all right, work up to that. You want to be that guy, work up to that. Don't just go out there and, you know, I don't know what the hell the guy did, but, you know, he just bought that motorcycle and it wasn't a cheap bike. It was a full on race bike and he demolished it, you know. Uh, I've made the analogy before. There's a, there's a cliff for every motorcycle and you can approach that cliff at a slow speed or a high speed. Yeah. And the, the slower you take it, the less likely you're going to wreck and the closer to the edge you'll get before you wreck the higher yeah. speed you take it, you either run right off or wreck before you ever get there. So anyway. yeah, yeah. I've had, you know, that's actually a great point. I've had that conversation a number of times with riders. Like there's a kid, uh, I say kid, but young man, uh, racing USBA with us and he's fast. He's, He's naturally just a fast guy, you know, and he's got a lot to learn. He's not very, this is only a second race weekend this past weekend and he's going pretty well, but he had a couple of downs this weekend, you know, and I had a conversation with him after I've kind of, I've, I've talked to him a little bit along the way, but I'd had a conversation with him after like, Hey man, like you gotta, t- you gotta take it back a notch, right? Like if you spend all this time fixing your bike, cause you're wrecking it, you're not riding the bike and getting faster, you know, like let's pull in the reins a little bit, figure out what the heck we're doing that's causing this to happen. And, and fix that so that we can keep working on moving forward, you know, and some people, I don't know, like I get asked a lot if I'll do coaching, the answer is normally no, you know, like if I know you and I know your personality type and, and we've talked about things before and we want to move forward with a little more coaching, like maybe I'd be interested in doing that for you. But like the reality is like, it's so hard. There's so many different personality types out there and like some, some people are all, there's two ways to learn how to get fast in a sport. And it's only two ways. You can take your time and you can take your steps and you're going to increase uh, gradually, right? In your pace, or you're going to go out there and you're going to send it, right? Like there's, there's the senders and you're going to crash a lot and it's going to cost you a lot of money. And it's going to be hurt and everything else, but you know, you're going to, you're going to find the limits and you're going to figure out how not to cross them eventually. Um mm-hmm. You know, it's just hard, you know, like, and, and working with different people, like from a coaching perspective, like that would be super difficult. So no, I don't do a whole lot of coaching or whatever, but I love talking about it. Like we can talk, I mean, me and you talk about it a little bit, you know, we talk about what's going on the track, what we're doing, lines, gear choice, tires, whatever, like 
I'll talk your ear off, but uh, I don't want to be firsthand responsible for, you know, your, your style of learning. Right. So right. Uh, that was another one of those guys though, you know, going back to that incident that I talked to him and it was like, you know, <laughs> uh, all right. Like I, it's not, there's plenty of other people around that I can chat with about motorcycles. I'm not going to waste my breath, you know, yep, it's too bad. Well. So we, I like the guy. I just, you know, yeah, and we don't have to talk about that. I just, I just left the track really curious. Like, did he think I was going to go after him for payment, or I, that's what I never just understood. Just to be honest like, with you, he didn't realize what he did wrong. He thought yeah. you parked it on him, and <laughs> which didn't. You've seen it. Oh yeah. yeah, no, that didn't happen. There were bikes directly in front of me, mm-hmm. and I made the executive decision to sit behind those bikes through that corner. But I was right on him. Yeah, yeah. No, you you did what and you were I, I heard to. him coming, and they, he wasn't making that corner. Oh no! Even if you guys weren't there, he wasn't gonna make it. Yeah, he got sucked in, as they say. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he he was mad about it himself. Not that you were gonna come after him, but that you know he felt like something something happened that shouldn't have happened to him. And I was like, well, yeah, it, it's you. You shouldn't have happened to you. <laughs> you know. But uh... whatever. Yeah. Um, All right. I won't, Easton, I, won't, I won't bring it up again, other than to say I've been doing this a little while now. I put two bikes down, counting that one, and both of them have been in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that one wasn't your doing. I don't know about the other one, but the, the other Vegas one was is a fun. <laughs> Vegas is a fun track, man. And, you know, it's really like, fun. Uh, it, it is. It's flat. You know, and so some people, it doesn't have appeal because of that. But I can tell you right now, like, there's a lot of motorcycle, like, track riding schools that use that track. Uh, there's top teams that use that track for testing because it offers it offers challenges. You know, it offers different types of corners. And so, like, you know, we were talking earlier about going to a track day to practice your skills and to get better at stuff. Like, couldn't ask for a better track to go practice different skills. Like, you're seeing a little bit of everything. The only thing you're missing there is elevation change. Mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i agree with that I, I keep telling easton we need to go out there and i've been trying to make i mean we tried to make it a couple of years ago and then they canceled the vegas one on us last second mm-hmm. so the COVID thing if you yeah if you guys ever come down to vegas and you know like especially you easton coming from so far you need a bike to ride uh, i might know somebody's got motorcycles and stuff you know what I'm saying? roger roger <laughs> keep it we'll keep all it right. in mind all right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, question for you, Cole. Are you going to come race CVMA this winter with us? Oof. There it is. That a boy. All right, cool. Yes. <laughs> I was looking for mom, but where's, I think where's, okay. yeah. where's the old lady? Oh, sorry, the wife. Yeah. She's not here. We're oh, good. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. Okay, me and Easton went down there uh, to Chuck Walla, at least. Yeah. Twice. That's a fun track. Chuck Walla yeah, and Amp. Fun, and, yeah. Yeah, I've never done that Arizona Motorsports Park one. But, uh, you know, for me, like, I like to ride where we race. But I did ride Pahrump recently, which is also just outside of Vegas. Uh, that was a blast. That was a good time. I had a lot of fun there. So, it's yeah. just fun, man. Motorcycles are fun. So, anywhere that's I guess what, is good. That's what my goal has been for <clears throat> due to work scheduling mostly. It's not sure if I could ever fit a, a race season in enough to invest the money in it just yet. So my goal has always just kind of been to hit as many different tracks as I can, which I've found that that's actually one of the 
in my personal opinion, one of the best ways you can learn is go find somewhere new. If you're like plateauing at your at your normal track, and maybe you can back me up on this, I don't know. But if you're plateauing, go somewhere completely new. Go spend two days there and then come back and watch yourself like open your eyes to a couple new ideas in different corners and whatnot. 100%. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like you took that right out of the motorcycle going fast science book because it's true. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> it's just another challenge, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I, uh, never mind, I don't say I wrote the book, but I, I read the book. Uh, <laughs> so, no, but seriously, that's a, that's a, a great tip, you know, is like go out there and try a new track or whatever. Like I do that too. Like I, even at Chuck Walla, like mid season, mid, like mid winter of Chuck Walla, it's a long season, six, seven months uh, of grueling, like hard racing. Right. And so mid season, I need a break. I need to go get some, get refreshed. Like I usually try to go find another track to ride at. And usually we do like an LVMS day in the middle of the winter because mm-hmm. uh, it's Vegas. So it's actually cool enough to ride motorcycles. Um, Not 125 anymore. Yeah, it's gonna be that this week too. But it's a dry uh, heat, so it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's still the gates of hell. Like, no, I hate. Started it. sprinkling on my windshield yesterday as we were driving to the airport, mm-hmm. and I, I said it's raining. I said, "Don't worry, it's a dry rain." <laughs> yeah, he's trying to make the. Well, to be fair, I, I came home and it's not raining, and I was still soaked. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the opposite of dry, polar opposite. Yeah, nothing's dry there. So how many races is a CVMA season and what can a guy at my level expect going there? Uh, you can expect to eat a slice of humble pie, but also win your personal battles. Uh, you know, when I was talking, when I, when I was challenging the rest of the nation's the motorcycling community about <laughs> club racing a minute ago, hang on, the amateurs, hang on. is it the world or just the nation? I don't give a shit. The world. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a big, that's scared. a lot of sponsorship. Right there. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, we ain't flying bikes. All right. You can yeah. fly we'll, to we'll us. Robo. <laughs> we'll robo that shit there. Yeah. <laughs> Just put paddle tires on them. We'll ride them Ooh. across. <laughs> hey, I've seen those. Those dirt bikes, surf bikes. Have you seen those? That's great. Yeah. Those guys are nuts. Uh, but uh, yeah, CVMA is seven rounds. It starts October 7th. Come celebrate. Your boy Lugnut's birthday, uh, round one at CVMA, um, and it goes through April. So we, we run the cold months when nobody else across the country can race because they're snowed in or it's too freezing. Uh, you know, we're usually chilling in 65, 70-degree weather in the desert in Southern California going fast on motorcycles. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's, CVMA is an experience, man. It's probably one of the more professionally run organizations as well. We model a lot of what we do off of Moto America, including some of the stru- uh, class structures. Uh, advantages of CVMA is they actually qualify for every race. So when you go oh, to really? CVMA, you're, yeah. And so, you know, again, the listeners, I'm going to keep going back and forth because most people don't really know the difference. But if it's this weekend, it will be my first time racing with MRA in a few years, which is in Denver. They run a couple of different tracks in Denver. Um, I have to start at the back of the grid in all of the races, except for their premier race and their premier race. They have a qualifying session to determine who starts where, but because they don't qualify for the rest of the classes. So I might be a hundred seconds faster than the guy in front of me, but I'm going to be starting behind them because I haven't raced with them and I don't have points in that class. Uh, USBA where we were just, at was the same idea. Like you had to start in the back of your races because you didn't race first round. So you didn't have points. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, so CVMA, every single race weekend, there's a qualifying session for every rider. 
and your lap time will put you on the grid in the respective position for your races for the entire weekend. So, you what's know, your, it doesn't sound what's like your opinion on that. I love it. It's okay. it's safer and it's more fun. Like, I mean, okay. watch Moto GP, right? Like, what's part of the fun? We, we you got you got Q one, you got Q two, and then you got the hold my beer race, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean and that's all before the real race. And so like, it's just more, it's just more involved and, you know, there's a different element to it. And, you know, there's people that can qualify really well, but maybe they don't have the race craft. There's people that don't qualify well, but they race really well. And Mm -hmm. so that it just adds to the whole, you know, adventure of a race weekend, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it's ideally safer. You know, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a high difference of closing speeds or anything like that. Um, You know, there's there's some benefits to not qualifying all classes as well. I think I was talking, maybe I was talking to you about it, Cole. You know, somebody comes by you, and you know, if they if they're faster than you and they had to start behind mm-hmm. you, they come by you, and it gives you a little bit better opportunity to follow them than going from a dead stop, right? So, like, I guess that's kind of neat. But overall, I really like the qualifying class structure. I wish every yeah, organization would do it. I think I, I mean, agree with that. Let me elaborate a little bit more on what you said. Mm-hmm. So, because that hit home when you said it, that it made sense. Because I haven't experienced both sides of that coin, but absolutely what you said, there was a lot of truth there. As a guy that hadn't raced before, I don't have no points. It went off points first and order of registration after that. Yeah. Which is, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. I, I started on the second row a couple times because you know why. But, but yeah, starting on the second row, I got blown down by a lot of bikes. I got to fight through that the whole time. I mean, I had people pass me. I got to latch on to them. I got to, you know, get in traffic. I got some of those guys back. I got I got to move around and play. And mm-hmm. like what you're saying, for the people at home, if you were starting at the back and the whole field just leaves, then you're just doing a track day. You're just, hard. You're just out there driving around the track and you didn't you didn't get the opportunity to bang bars and, you know, pick up new things and learn new things. So, mm-hmm. And without qualifying, it can go either way. You know, like you can yeah. get, you can get fortunate enough to be gridded in the right position where it works out to be a fun race or maybe not. You know, uh, the thing that is tough about qualifying is the guy who's behind you is two tenths slower. And the guy who's in front of you is two tenths faster, which means like, it's, it's usually a grind the whole race, you know, like it's, it's very close and very competitive. And sometimes it can be somewhat lonely because maybe like maybe that those two tenths differentials just reflect lap after lap after lap in the race. And it becomes that track day situation, you know? So, you know, to both sides, there's a positive and a benefit. I just think to me personally, the qualifying outweighs the, the, you know, points gridded system or whatever for safety, first of all. And secondly, because it just adds the extra element of fun to the weekend. Like I like to go qualify, you know, it's just, it's my opportunity to really turn my switch on for, for going fast for the races, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, cause racing, racing again is a lot of that ment- mentality, you know, that's why, like I say, you bet me 10 bucks, I'll do it because <laughs> now I, now I have more of a reason when you go out there and qualify, like it, I mean, you know, we're club racers. We got to go to work on Monday, but on Saturday and Sunday, that's our dreams come true. You know, we get to go out there and we get to be the MotoGP. We get to do our Q sessions. We get to go out there and grit up and, and fight for that win or fight for that point or fight for that championship, you know? And so like, 
the closer we get to what we idolize from an, from just a club perspective, the more of an experience it is for the riders every single time out, you know, and some people, it is their entire ambition to get a race license. That's it. Some people is their entire ambition to win an amateur race. And for some people, they want to win a national or world title, you know, but at the end of the day, like giving from a club, because I'm part of CVMA too. So, you know, that, that's just something I do to give back to the community. I do tech inspection for CVMA to give back to the community, but as an organization, you know, the races are our customers. Right. And so like we do everything we can to give them the best experience every weekend that we're out there. Not every club's that way. They all have their own prerogatives or whatever, but you know, ultimately, like that's that. In my opinion, is what's epic about it. Now, you asked what you get from CVMA. That's what you get. You pull up and you'll feel like you're at a national. There's semi trucks with multiple motorcycles and pro teams and big names and legends like Tony Elias is there almost every round, working with a rider, or hanging out, or riding with the Apex Assassins on Friday or whatever. Like the experience you get from that organization is well worth making a couple of trips down to Southern California this winter cold. So yeah, I agree. Sweet, sweet. I'm, real quick, just to kind of, we're getting, we're getting kind of long here, mm-hmm. but to throw it out for those of you that might not race or definitely don't race and don't necessarily want to race. I just wanted to say that that's okay. There is another way you can support. And very simply, I was actually quite surprised at USBA round two this weekend. There were a decent amount of people up in the, up in the uh, seats in the grandstands that was sweet because i saw a lot of those people go down and hop in cars after the last round and leave so it wasn't just like the people that came and hung out in the pits you know wives girlfriends whatever it might be it was it was extra Mm -hmm. people and i just want to say that i think that that is like if you ride a motorcycle and you're like no dude i'm never gonna buy a sport bike i'm never gonna race never gonna be at that level that's awesome that's okay that doesn't mean we hate you come out and support us, come hang out. The family aspect is still there. I think no matter what you're coming out, 100%. you're going to, you're going to learn a thing. You're going to have some fun, hang out and support the rest of the boys on two wheels that are getting it done. So, and it's free Great point. Thank you. Yep. It's free and it's shade covered. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, what even Coda can say for most at UMC, of the it is, <laughs> it is shade covered. Well, not dude, I was watching the King of the Mountain with you running out there, and I was like, this is this is quality entertainment. Like, why is not all of Utah Valley out here watching this? This is like honestly, that that was a hell of a race, was it not? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, a great race. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I watched so, the first three laps. <laughs> the laps I sucked. Thanks, Cole. <laughs> hey, I was checking in on the Bluetooth though. So all right, all right. No, I, I sat up there and watched, and I was like, I'm gonna watch one lap. I want to watch the start, I want to watch one lap, and then I gotta go get my bike ready. And the second lap, and I was into it. I was into it, and then the third lap, I was into it, and I was like, Man, I gotta go. Tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it was one, a- and not even just for your I, I mean, I'm on the East Coast, so I can't purely talk to people in Utah, but like go find your local racing organization you know where a wimra amra cvma uh motorcycle racing association i guess or uh, and Mara. usba <laughs> it sounds like you'll find the them thundercats used google to them google yeah. motorcycle racing near me if you're looking for like cheap racing entertainment it's there it's available it's cool man we want nothing more than you to come out 
So bring, bring, bring a six pack, bring some food, whatever, come hang out at the racetrack. And honestly, like, you know, if anybody's ever had ambitions with their life, uh, some of us racers are, really like to do this and it's really expensive. So we have sponsors to help. The more of you people to show up, the more of you to like our post, the more of you to share it, you know, you're really just helping somebody chase their dreams because their sponsors yeah. are going to help them out a little bit more. So we do appreciate it. Good point. Absolutely. Man. Thanks, Easton. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What do you think? We have this you guy back. Something. Huh? We should do a we should do a wrap up after the rest of the USB rounds. We we could promise them two more episodes. USBA round three and four. We'll we'll get together after each one. Sounds if fair. You guys are willing. I'm down. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm willing. Right just on. know just know that I do have a weird work schedule. That's all right. I don't. <laughs> I have a weird everything schedule, so we might go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. pulled you guys out of your routine to do it today because I wasn't going to make it happen any other way uh, so i appreciate y'all working with me yeah you're all good you're all good well uh i guess that'll that'll wrap us up yeah was there any anything else Lugnut? that any like last words real quick advice you anything like that any sponsor shout outs again words of yeah. wisdom yeah man i mean like honestly like i just appreciate you guys having me on you know you guys are buds now and it's just cool to do this with you i'm looking forward to doing another one um like I said about the sponsors, they, they help us out a lot. Privateer is kind of my own thing, and it's my own way of giving back to uh, racers. So if you guys see, there's going to be some merch dropping and some things like that with a Privateer Industries label on it. Uh, it's not for my own benefit. I'm literally sponsoring race classes, amateur race classes, racers. The, the proceeds are going right back to the racers. I'm not making anything off of it. So buy some shirts and stuff when you see them. Buy some JK Moto shirts. I know they got some cool stuff that's already out there. I've got a few of them. Um but uh, yeah, you know, like as of recent, Legal Ride, Crossbeam Builders, Apex Assassins, of course, uh, 61 DTC, which is probably a tire vendor, GG. Um, these guys really made some stuff for me happen this year, so I just want to thank them. So uh, thank you guys very much for that, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, guys. See you all next week.